Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. Happy Friday. We have got a great show in store. But before we dive in, I want to take a moment and tell you about one of our amazing partners who y'all love so much, She Reads Truth, and their Advent plans for this year. I know. We're all just starting to get excited about pumpkin spice lattes. But if I'm honest, I can't wait for Christmas. This holiday season, I want to encourage you to prepare your heart for Christmas Day in a fresh way by reading with the She Reads Truth community for their 10th Advent Bible study. If you've never participated in a Bible study with She Reads Truth, this is the perfect year to do it and the perfect season. This year's She Reads Truth Advent study is called The Everlasting Light. From creation to the incarnation to the coming eternal city, Scripture speaks of Jesus' life-giving presence and light in a dark world. This five-week study book provides daily scripture reading that traces this theme throughout the Bible. Y'all know how important the Bible is to me, which is why I love She Reads Truth so much. Their study books are incredible, and I especially love doing the Advent studies with them. Not only are they beautifully designed, they are full of scripture. They also include some helpful extras to make understanding the Bible a little easier and some simple crafts like a cross stitch. You know I love that. And delicious recipes to sprinkle in a little fun. Of course, the girls will be back on talking about Advent in a couple of weeks. But if you want to ensure that Christ is the focus of your holiday season this year, I want you to head to shopshereadstruth.com right now to get your study book. Here's the pro tip and why we're talking about it today. They sell out every year. <laughs> so do not wait. Go ahead and do it now. Use the code ADVENTANNIE, A-D-V-E-N-T-A-N-N-I-E, no space, at checkout for 15% off your Advent order. They've created amazing Advent resources for the whole family. So head to shopshereachtruth.com right now and use the code ADVENTANNIE. And as always, the codes for any of our partners are in the show notes if you need to see it as well. Today on the show, I get to talk with my old friend, Mac Powell. You probably already know and love Mac Powell, the former frontman of four-time Grammy award-winning band, Third Day. But you're going to love him a little more after hearing this conversation. He's releasing his debut solo Christian album today. It's called New Creation, and y'all, it is so, so good. I love it when we get to hear the stories behind why our friends create the way they do. And that's why I can't wait for you to hear this conversation with someone I've known for two decades. You guys, get ready to hear the history with me and my friend, Mac Powell. I said to Craig earlier, I was like, I'm going to really almost call him Papa like 12 times, I'm sure. <laughs> Please, I hope you do. I like it when you call me Big Papa. <laughs> um, okay, Max. So first of all, we're going to go. We're going to start with the world needs to know we've known each other for 30 years, probably 20, uh, 25 not years. 30. How yeah, long, at least when did 25. third day start coming to summer camp? The uh, probably 94. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So 27 years. Yeah. That Golly. math's not far off. I know. But here's the deal. You look 27. <laughs> I look <Get> 67. <laughs> Listen, that is not true. I, and I wouldn't go back and do 27 again if I had to. So oh, no. I will take I'm it. So we have, for the friends listening, We've been friends for a real long time. I lived with y'all and nannied for your kids for a yeah, summer yeah. when I was in Atlanta. Annie the nanny. Annie that's the right. Nanny. That's right. And so we've, we're long, long friends. I'm shocked this is the first time you're on the podcast. I know. And I, I, it's all because I have terrible Wi-Fi. I don't, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Yeah, I'm very by... sad you're not here in person. Why are you not in Nashville for this? Amy, actually, my wife, Amy, I have to say that, you know yeah. who Amy is, but for those who don't, Amy, like five minutes ago said, why aren't you doing this live? I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. I just oh. go where people tell me. And so, <laughs> I, and the funny thing is I was in Nashville last week and had hours sitting around doing nothing. Mac, why didn't we do this? Yeah. Why didn't we do this when you were here? That makes me really right. sad. What right. were you Next in town time, for? I was doing um, some interviews and oh also gosh. rehearsal with uh, Mr. Chapman. So, Oh, right. Because you're already yeah. about to go back out on tour, right? Mm -hmm. That's yeah. right. Do you remember that you and Amy are probably like the third people I told that I was moving to Nashville? Yeah. I was hoping that you remembered, uh, the way I remember it, the okay. reason that you're in Nashville and have the success you do is because I told you to go there. You did. I didn't know if you... <laughs> You really did. Where I was like, it's, I have this idea. And you were like, you got to go. 
I don't know if you remember what I told you, but um, basically, and, and you're not the only one I've ever told this, but I remember telling you, and I remember we were right in front of the where camp is at yes. the, the rock building. I forget what it's called. Mobley Hall. Uh, Mobley Hall, exactly. Yes. And I remember you telling us and me going, why wouldn't you go? Yes. I mean, you can always move back. That's what you said. You can always move back. You were the, I mean, I might cry telling you about it. You were the first person who said, it's okay if you come back, like mm -hmm. go and try yeah. and you can come back. And then you also said, move to Franklin. And I was like, I can't move to Franklin. <laughs> 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 I got to move where there are single people. I can't move straight into Familyville. Right, right. But I, I am so thankful that you said all that to me when you did. Well, you didn't need me. I know that, but it was cool to be a part of it. And, you know, I'm so, so proud of you, you. Uh, that because I love it when people follow their dreams and follow what God's placed on their hearts, because most people don't and most people are afraid of it. And not that you weren't afraid, but that you had you had the courage and the strength uh, to, to move forward with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm so proud of you. And it just not only that, but just that I, because so many people know who you are now from your books, from your speaking, from your podcast, it's like, I get to tell them, yeah, I knew Annie back in the day. <laughs> like I get to brag that we're friends. <laughs> That's very good. So kind. thank you for that. I do the same bragging. Yeah. I mean, the Sunday I left, I remember hugging your kids and y'all at church before I drove away and just being like, what am I doing? Oh, yeah, Max said I could come home. <laughs> what right. am I doing? Right. Max said I could come home if I want to come back home. There you so, go. So thank you for being such a uh, important voice in my life for so many years. I'm very thankful. You're very welcome. Thank you for saying that. I have two two things. I don't know what's on your agenda. I have okay, two things I wanted to say to you. One is how about them dogs? How about them dogs? Yeah, okay. Let's talk about that first. I mean, yeah. you are through and through an Alabama fan. Well, I mean, this is, I went in front of this just for you, the Alabama <laughs> yeah, football, football, Bear Bryant's Bryant book. <laughs> yeah, his book, signed autographed book. I've got, let's see. I've Wait, got you a have signed, an autographed book from Bear Bryant? Yeah, isn't that cool? That is given to, Given to me by uh, Mrs. Tanner. She gave that, really? that uh, book to me. Yeah, yeah. She got oh it when she was young. Gosh. Check this out. This is a, uh, you're going to appreciate this being a Nashville person. Yes. This is a football signed by Mark Ingram, who was the, our first uh, Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. And and the king, Derrick Henry. Yes. Who plays for the who Titans now. plays for the now. Titans now. Yeah, so, that's right. There you go. He's awesome. Okay. So I, I set up here specifically Thank you. for this interview. Thank you. you. I really appreciate that. I mean, are we just predicting another national championship rematch? Yeah, I'm going for it right now. My hope is that, and we're going to lose a lot of listeners right now talking okay. about college football. No, no, no. We had Kirk Herbstreit on. We had Coach Rick on. We've had a football oh, kind cool. of ball, so we're good. Good, good. Well, my hope is that you guys get beat by Florida, and it's not going to happen, but so that we don't have to play you. <laughs> I That's said the same hope. thing this week, and I said, I hope they get beat by Ole Miss so we don't have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. When, when I was at the, uh, the championship game, and I've been to every – Alabama championship game under Saban. Oh I've been gosh. at them except for the last one because okay. of COVID. I had a ticket and I was like, you know what? I'm not going. Right. I was the only one I did. And I regret it because we won big mm -hmm. against Ohio State. But I've been to every one of them. And, you know, a couple of them have been disappointing. Yep. But when I was at halftime at the game against Georgia, right. I told Amy, I was like, I'm leaving. Because you guys were up, and I was like, we are not. I see what's the writing on the wall. We're going to get killed in the second half. I'm leaving. And she's like, no, 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 let's just stay. And I had cash with me, my son. And yeah. the only reason I didn't leave is because he was there and he wanted to stay. Yeah. And so I said, all right, we can leave after the third quarter. And, you know, what happened? <laughs> happened. It was the greatest. <laughs> yeah, then Tua. And it was the greatest moment in my sports history. And so I'm thankful that Amy didn't listen to me and, and leave at halftime. <laughs> hey, can you <laughs> no imagine kidding. if I'd left? If oh. I'd left, what I missed out on? The the Yeah, the regrets an Alabama person would feel. The joy a and Georgia person gonna, would feel if they'd have left at uh, halftime of that game and thought that's how it ended would have been a blissful life. <laughs> and this is where we segue into a spiritual message of mm. don't give up. Don't, don't give, give up. up. Don't give up. Hang just in there. It's don't, don't, don't leave at halftime. <laughs> that's right. Don't leave at halftime. That's a good word. I mean, it has been watching Georgia the last couple of weeks. You feel like, what is this team? Like, what it's is crazy. this thing? But I, mean, I also I want think nothing of it. I. <laughs> I also think Saban is creating 
coaches on his staff that are able to go out and build national championship teams? Uh, no, just one. Just And that's uh, Kirby. <laughs> He's the only one. Everybody else is like, yeah, I don't know if you saw, you probably didn't watch any of the Alabama Ole Miss. They put up the graphic of Saban and all the assistant coaches. Uh-huh. I think there were nine guys, and there's – and I said to Amy, I was like, look, not one assistant coach of his has ever beat him. There's, right. He's beat all nine of them. That's crazy. She said, no, that's not the crazy thing. Look how many games. It's like 25 games oh that he hasn't lost to any of them. Because, you oh know, some of them had gosh. multiple times they've played. Right, right. But yeah, I we think, have. Uh, yeah. I think Kirby's going to, gonna. we'll see what we'll happens. We'll give him a run. We'll give you all a run either way at the SEC championship and then in the national championship. And hopefully. in the, exactly. Right. We'll see each other twice. We'll see each but, other and twice. And so let's get, let's get together and talk about it once it happens. Oh, I would love that. I mean, Kirk Herbstreet and I went hard on this because I was like, every time game day comes to Athens, we lose. And A, I was a little <laughs> bit wrong. My stats were a little bit wrong. And B, they came this weekend and we won. And so big. I let we him off the big. hook. Oh, man. Oh, no. Okay, so that's, that's the true. first thing. You want to talk about the dogs. What's the second thing on your list? No, that was the second thing, just that oh. I presented all of this stuff for you. <laughs> all of them Both stuff. things are football related, which is my dream come true. <laughs> yes, yes. That is, I'm very here for that. I want to have my Braves have on for you, you too. You do, because so how about those go. Braves? They are looking the Braves, so yeah. good. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It makes up for what's happening with the Falcons. Oh, God oh you had them. to bring it up. God love them. You I had just, to bring it up. It's when Deion Sanders I says, anymore. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's when you, I mean, it's so hard. I, I know even, they're working hard. All those guys are working so hard. Of course they are. And nothing falls in their favor. Nothing falls in their favor this season. I watched the very first game of the season, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "I'm I'm out." Yeah, I I am a I'm an admitted fair weather Falcons fan mm-hmm. uh, because you know this, but most people don't know. I'm not from Atlanta originally. Right. I moved over when I was in high school, but that's you know I, I've lived here more years than I lived in Alabama, so this is home. But I am because I didn't grow up a Falcons fan, I am a fair weather fan. Yeah. I, I, it's like if, and I have to, cause I put so much into the Braves and so much into Alabama. <laughs> I don't it. have heart. I don't have heart left right. for the Falcons. That's exactly right. And right now the weather is not fair. So it is not mm-hmm. <laughs> worth sticking around. Mm-hmm. How come Mac, when I think about Nashville and I mean, so many of our friends in Christian music live here and, yeah. and, and Atlanta, it's really you and the casting crowns guy. Like everybody right, else right. is here. How come you and Amy have never moved the family up here? We can't afford it. Uh, it's terrible. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> we can't. I mean, honestly, it's like the house we have here would be double the price uh, in Nashville. It's and, it, and it's always been more expensive in uh-huh. Nashville for some reason. But now it's crazy. So, yeah, we don't go up there because we can't afford it. It's, it's ridiculous. How is your view on Christian music different than you think the people who do live here in it? That's a great question. I don't, I don't Tom think Downs it's very... Tom Downs loves when people say that, by the way. Your dad's yeah. going to be so happy you said that. That I said that's a good that's question? A good, oh, he loves it. Loves it's, it. it is a good question. I, I don't think there's probably as much of a difference. I, I think I always said I, I have a hate-love relationship with Nashville. There's so, I've got so many friends there. And it's a great town. It really is. But it also is a little bit of like L.A. in the South. Mm. And one thing that I dis- that I don't like about Nashville is that, you know, if you say, hey, we're going to let's meet at 2 o'clock. Well, it's probably going to be 2.30, 2.45 until mm. people show up, you know. And it's like there's this – it's a good thing, but it's just a little laid back. And it's what? like, no, let's – let's. if I say 2 o'clock, let's meet at 2 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. and. And coming from the guy who's always late, <laughs> I say that. But I don't know. I do love Nashville, but I can handle it for about three or four days. Yeah. I, I know there's great connect. I will say this. I've always sworn, uh, I've, back to your question, I've always wanted to stay away from Nashville because I, I always get caught up enough in the business side of things. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I was in Nashville, I would even more, that would kind of take over my thinking all the time. And so I don't want that to happen. And so that was one purpose for staying out of there is not getting caught up in the business side of things and also just trying to musically, you know, stay out of that. This is the way it's done in Nashville. So therefore that's how it's done. I wanted to stay away from that. Now, whether that's, that's really a thing or not, um, there's probably some half truth to that, but I will say there was, and I won't tell you what the thing was. And and I think you might've been there, but there was an event about two years ago 
and it was a sad gathering of people. Mm -hmm. uh, someone had passed, and I'm not even going to say who it was, but uh, I went up for that, uh, for the memorial service. And as I was looking around, and I'm about to cry even thinking about now, I just saw all these people that I knew, people that I've been on the road with, you know, who are other artists, people that I've worked with in the business. And and I really did, for the first time ever, I said, man, there's such a great community up here that maybe maybe I should consider it. And mm -hmm. so I called Amy on the way home and and I said, you know, with me, kind of starting a new career as a solo artist and wanting to write more and all those things, maybe we should move to Nashville. So there have been some thoughts yeah. about it, but then I look at the housing prices and I go, <laughs> You're like, you know what? I'll just, I'll just stay at I'll a hotel. When Annie's out of town, yeah. I'll stay there. We'll just like, right. I got right. places. Right. I got places. Right. right. <laughs> Versus moving. Let's talk a little bit about the road since you mentioned it. Uh, that is one of my favorite things is when you tour with people then you make all that you make this like new family feel, and then the next tour is a totally different group of people. Yeah, and I, yeah, it's, it's cool. so interesting. Yeah, I remember uh, in the spring you had interviewed uh, Kane. Oh no, they yeah, they're coming now. I met him this spring. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. you met him, and, and so you didn't interview him yet, but but they they told me about y'all's conversation, and they were like, "Oh, you know, Annie, she's awesome." Blah blah blah. And, and I just, that's a, a great example of, you know, we had a, we were out on the Zach Williams tour and I wasn't expecting to have some great new friends yeah. and they're great people. And so to be able to have that relationship with them and, and it makes you, and you know, this as well, when you know someone, you root for them even more. You yes. want like, like, I'm rooting for them to do well. I want, and I'm so thankful that they're doing great right now. And mm -hmm. they're the new biggest thing in Christian music. And yeah. so I'm looking at that going, that's like my little sister and sisters and brother, you know? Yeah. And it's really, really cool. I had an experience with a pastor from across the country where I'd always seen him at a distance on social media or at events. And I had all these ideas about what he was like. Mm -hmm. And all these reasons, I was like, not my guy. Don't want to be friends with this guy. And I ended up at one meal with him. And mm -hmm. one conversation of actually knowing the person mm -hmm. changed everything for me. First yeah. of all, I had to like repent to the Lord about like, man, yeah. I made so many assumptions about this guy that are not true. And yeah. it, what made me think of it is you said, once you know people, you cheer for them harder. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons I, I love doing the show is I get to go like, hey, everybody, y'all have known Mac Powell, but like, do you know Mac Powell? Like, Right. Let's talk about yeah. it, you know. I think the problem with in my situation is when people have sit down and have meals with me, they end up going, ah, you know what, I don't want to know more about this guy. <laughs> I, Never my mind. assumptions were right. <laughs> yeah. He's the worst. No. Yeah. No, that's not true. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about another one of our incredible partners, Pendulum. There are so many aspects of seeking to be the healthiest version of ourselves, aren't there? How you eat plays a huge role in your microbiome, ready? A microbiome, which in turn impacts your mental and physical well-being. The science is clear, and we've heard this right. A healthy gut microbiome, you know, with the good bacteria that helps our bodies process food is key to a healthy lifestyle. But now we're learning about the connection between your gut microbiome health and type 2 diabetes. Pendulum Glucose Control is the first and only medical probiotic that's designed to help manage A1C and blood glucose levels through the health of your microbiome. So people with type 2 diabetes over time can lose the gut bacteria that helps them digest fiber and manage their blood glucose levels. Sometimes that can be managed with diet and exercise alone, but studies are showing that the best approach is one that emphasizes what you eat, how you move, and a healthy gut microbiome. If you have type 2 diabetes and you've struggled to manage your levels with diet and exercise alone, your gut microbiome might need attention. Pendulum Glucose Control helps fill in the gaps by providing the first and only probiotic designed to manage blood glucose and A1C levels. With Pendulum, you can feel in control of your levels, not the other way around. Take control of your glucose levels today. Try Pendulum Glucose Control for 90 days. And if you're not satisfied with your levels, you'll get your money back. Visit PendulumLife.com to find out more and use the promo code that sounds fun for 20% off your first bottle of membership. That's P-E-N-D-U-L-U-M-L-I-F-E.com. Promo code that sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with Mac Powell. When you are, when you look back on 2020, did your decision to do 
to go from doing some of the country stuff to Christian solo artist. Mm-hmm. Did that happen before 2020? That happened over 2020? How long ago did you make this decision? Well, that's a great question, too. Uh, it's It really happened at the very, very, very end, like very end of December, early January. And I made the decision. And to be honest with you, I made it because it was a decision I thought I had to make. Mm. Um, and, and in a way, I did. And I thought, okay, I'm giving up on this dream that I had to do country music. And I'm, you know, moving on from that thought and that dream and that idea. And then I realized once I made the decision, uh, I thought I was going to be walking around in a fog for months and just mad at myself and not, not, and I'm mad I'm not trying again and again. And, but, but I wasn't, I was like, it it felt like, okay, you know what? That's my decision. That's my marching orders. And I'm going to move forward. I had some, I always knew I was going to make more Christian music. Yeah. Uh, It was just sooner than I thought I was, it was going to be. And, but I don't regret it at all. I really, I'm thankful to be where I am. I'm thankful that I got another chance to make another record. This is my first solo Christian album. Yeah. And uh, just really had a great time. I don't know if I mentioned this earlier because I've done so many interviews today, but I, you know, in the past when I've making this record was so different in the past. I wrote the majority of the songs for third day. And of course the band had, you know, we would talk through those songs and they would help me and they'd put their own parts. But for the most part, it was me writing a song, playing the acoustic version of it mm-hmm. and going, all right, let's go record this. Right. So I never was a go to Nashville, write with songwriters kind of guy. I was right. never, a, you know, find me the best song and we'll record it kind of guy. I just wanted to be that. I, to me, it's more important to be the songwriter than the artist mm-hmm. side of things. Mm-hmm. And so when I started going to Nashville to write with these guys, and a lot of them I think you probably know, I was like, this is not, I'm going to do this a couple of times and hate it, and then I'll just do the rest myself. But to their credit, they, I had a great time doing it and really had a great experience. Um, I worked with probably four or five different producers on this record. I've never done that before. Usually you get one guy yeah. who does the whole thing. Yeah. And I had this fear that it was going to be very disjointed sounding and this guy sounds like this and this guy, but it doesn't, it all comes together in a great way. Yeah. And it was, a and also in the past, you know, I've going with the third day guys, we're in the room together, we're recording. It's the guys hanging out and making music together. It's cool. Right. And this was nothing like that. This was, <laughs> we would go in to write a song and most of the time, one usually it's me and two other guys and at least one if not the two guys were both producers so as we're writing the song they're putting down tracks and they're you know putting down loops and stuff and making a really great demo right away Mm -hmm. and so at the end of the day i'd hear something i go man this sounds like a record already and so whoever wrote the song with me if they were a producer went on to produce finish out the song and i wasn't in the studio ever at all but, you know, the pr- process in writing and recording was very different, and yet I loved it. Yeah. And uh, who knows what the next one will be like, but uh, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Why? Tell me more. You said it's more important to you to be a songwriter than an artist. Why is that? I don't know. I, I don't know if that's completely true, but when I first started out, I, I remember us signing. I talked with Terry Hemmings, who um, was the head of, or still is, the pro- what ends up being Provident. Yeah. It, when we first signed, it was called Reunion Records. I was about to say, it's probably had 50,000 names, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> different names, but it was the same company through yeah. the years and, and different owners, you know, different mainstream owners of that company. But who we signed with is who we ended up being with for our whole careers with Third Day. And our very first show that they came out to see us, Reunion Records came out, there was an a- two A&R guys and, and Terry, who was the president. Yeah. And I loved Reunion Records. They had Michael W. Smith and Rich Mullins and yeah. Wes King, who's also from Georgia. All yeah. these artists that I loved. And I was like, that's where I want to be, Reunion. I love what they're doing. So Terry comes out, and we're playing for a Church of God event. These kids had never had music at oh, their right. you know events. And they were scared because usually in Church of God, it was like, you only sing. There's no instruments. Yeah. And so... They like just, we played and we're rocking it out and they're just standing there because they're like, are we going to get in trouble if we like like this? And so it was the worst show. We were in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and and David, our drummer, was set up on this huge hearth with a fire behind him. He was burning up, sweating from this fire. It was like the worst show ever. I don't even know why I'm telling you this stuff. It has nothing to do with the answer. But but we were just thought, I think the point was that I, I, we thought, well, they're not going to sign us. Yeah. But when Terry's talking with me, 
I told him, well, I, this, I love this band, but really what I want to do is I want to be a writer. I want to, my, my dream was to be not, not the vocal dove award vocalist of the year or group of the year. It was like to be the songwriter of the year. Wow. So that was really kind of my vision and what I wanted to do. And yet somehow I ended up being in this successful band and that's what I did. And so I'm not complaining at all, but that's when, when I talked earlier about songwriting is almost more important to me. Uh, that's really where the foundation for me has always been as being a songwriter. And I just happen to be able to sing these songs. Yeah. I, you've won a billion of awards. Have you won songwriter of the year yet? Oh, no, 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 not even close. I, they don't really, you know, you're not considered that. If you're not a guy that's kind of doing it all the time and that's what you do uh, and you're just writing a few songs for your band, that's not going to happen. So that's okay. That's, uh, I'm not you sure. Know. I'm okay with that. I'm going to, we can <laughs> lobby. I can lobby. I have, I please, can, please do. Yeah. Dear Dove Awards, dear K Love Fan Awards. Yeah. Well, when, you know, when you're somebody years. like me that writes 10 songs a year compared to some other guys who write 200 a year, it's, you don't, you know, it's, it's not a, a fair fight. Fair, but you write good ones. So of their That's 200 right. a year, only six are getting cut. So yeah, we'll see. Will you go back and talk a little bit? Cause you talked about leaving country music. So many of our friends listening are making decisions about whether to stay or whether to leave something. Yeah. How did you know it was the right time? Did you know? Were you sure? Did you hear God? Did someone no, say I, something to you? Like, how'd you know? Well, one, I'll once again, I'll tell you, you can always go back. Yes. Uh, as I've told you before. Yeah. I, I think for me, and it's 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 never really like, I never, I don't look at it in those terms of leaving country music or leaving Christian music, because I never really left Christian music. Right. I was still, even when I was doing my country stuff, thankfully, I would still get to do uh, Christian festivals, go play at churches. You know, I was doing that while I was going and playing these little dive bars in the middle yeah. of Texas, you know, somewhere. So I was able to do both. And my hope is that I can kind of still continue to do that because my heart really in all of it was to try to reach out to some people that wouldn't normally come to a Christian show or had never heard a third day. That's yeah. what I wanted to do. And I, I was, I don't even look at it as, you know, that it was a failure because I did sure. what I set out to do. Yeah. I got music on country radio and I didn't have any big number one hit, but there was a bunch of stations around the country playing my music. Yeah. I got to play in a bunch of these clubs. I went on a couple of country tours. So, you know, it was, it wasn't it successful. It was not a failure by any season, stretch. No, but it wasn't, it wasn't a failure. So no. I did what I wanted to do. And so the, it was kind of a best of both worlds. I never left one place and went to another. I just continued to make music. Now the focus was more in that side, but now the focus is is in Christian music, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful yeah. that I get to continue. I have a lot of great fans and a lot of great friends, and and I love it. I still listen to it every day. I mean, that's what I'm playing for the kids in the in the car. I'm leading worship now at Church of the Apostles yeah. in, in Atlanta, and so I get to you know be part of of worship and CCM and country, and it's like. I don't have to pick one over the other. That's so, I mean, I just think people struggle with making decisions about when to leave something. And so hearing yeah. that reminder of like, you can go back to, you know, if you want to walk away from your teaching job like I did, and mm -hmm. people are always going to be having kids. You can go back. Right. <laughs> you can go right. back Absolutely. and see. And so you well, say that so helps. Often, yeah, so often there was a book that came out a few years ago, and I, I wish I remembered what it was, but basically it was like, we, we, as humans, it's it's a natural thing that we think about, okay, I've got choices and I've got to do A, B, or C. And if I make, if it's supposed to be C and I choose B, then I've messed up. But it's, that's not really how most of life is like. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. We can make bad decisions and wrong decisions. But for the most part, it did this study about people who bought houses and it said, okay, these were the two options. And somebody choose, chose house A over B. Six months later, nine months later, they're like, oh, we're so glad we chose A. Yeah. But if they had chosen, chosen B, it would have worked out there too. Yeah. So I think sometimes, not all the time, don't get me wrong, but sometimes we just feel like I'm scared to death of making the wrong decision. Sometimes, and this is the way I was in moving forward with making Christian music again, sometimes you just got to make a decision. Yeah. It almost doesn't matter sometimes what that decision is. Just make a decision. Right, right. Just get off the merry-go-round of what am I going to do next? You put it in a nice way, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I said it to someone the other day. I said, I hope after she went on this retreat, and I said, I hope at the end of this, you just know the next thing to do. Like, we don't have to have the whole thing lined out for the re next 40 years, but I hope you know the next thing to do. 
Yeah. Well, it's like not to over spiritualize it, but it's that, you know, your word is a, a, a lamp into my feet. Yes. That lamp is not shining a hundred yards in front yes. of us. It's the next few steps. Right. Right. Um, okay. I'm glad you made it spiritual because here's what I want to ask you about the title of the new album is called new creation. Yeah. And I have so, um, I roll that verse around a lot in my head that the Lord is making all things new and right. that he made, because how do you make something new that already exists? I think right, it's fascinating. Right. So why was that the right title for this album? That's such a, that is really such a deep concept to me. Uh, I liked the song a lot, so I picked that There you one. go. Of all the songs, that, I mean, that's what y'all do, right? Y'all just pick. We don't get that to do it. that with books. We don't get to pick the favorite chapter title and make it the title <laughs> of the book. We have to, like, put them all together and title the book. <laughs> no, I'm half teasing, but part of it was, like, I like that song a lot. Yeah. And But it also was the the concept and the idea of new creation of here's someone who's not new, who's been around doing this for a long time. Yeah. And yet at the same time, I have a second chance at doing it. And I, and it's like, also just the message in that song, I feel like there's, there's quite a few songs in the record that are very autobiographical. Yeah. And, and that is definitely one of them in the sense that I've been for years talking about Jesus, talking about my faith. Uh, and it's not that none of it was not true. It was true. And I truly believed what I was sharing, but when I went through COVID, there were some things that I was going through personally, some things I never thought I would go through before, made some decisions that I thought I would never make before. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm faced with really fully accepting God's strength and his grace and his mm -hmm. mercy, not necessarily for the first time, but for one of the most major times in my life. Yeah. And there's something different about talking about it and actually knowing it and living through it and something wow. different about reading about it and knowing, you know, knowing about God and knowing God. And it's not mm -hmm. that I didn't ever know God. I knew it, but that grace that I'd always talked about was for my salvation, you know, which is a major thing. But when, when it comes to like everyday life, uh, that's something that I just kind of talked about. And when I started really kind of understanding more of that through this time of COVID and, and things going on in my life. That's when, uh, and that's what the song talks about. It really, that's when it, when it hits you personally, uh, it's something different. Does it feel really vulnerable to have so many of these songs be autobiographical and it's not third day? Cause I'm sure third day songs yeah. are autobiographical, but they were five of y'all or whatever. Does this right, feel yeah. different? I think so. Yeah, it does. Um, I never really looked at it that in the time, you know, that I was doing third day stuff, but, but yeah, it's almost like I had to bring in other people to make sure that this was kind of true for them as well. And oh, with wow. this album, it's like, no, I'm just, and, and there are some things I don't even know how this is. I'm early in the process of talking about this record. Yeah. So maybe you could, you're the writer. Maybe you can help <laughs> me come up with a better way of saying this, but you know, I, it's interesting because as a, as a as a writer and even as a performer, in a way, in a way, you're almost like acting. It's not that it's not true, but for example, when I'm on stage, I think people, and even doing this interview, one end of the spectrum of my personality comes out. Yeah, and I think there are times if somebody meets me not on stage or doing an interview, uh, you've seen me in times where I'm much more quiet, much more reflective. I think there are mm -hmm. probably people who are surprised to experience that side of the spectrum of my personality. Yeah. But when you're on stage, you can't be like that. You right. have to like bring it, you know, to right. keep people's attention. And so I think even as with songs and songwriting, there are times where there's something true, but maybe you're writing a story. And like, for example, there's a song called um, Love is the Reason. Yeah. And it starts off, it starts off saying, Mama dragged us to church every Sunday and heaven knows I didn't want to go. And so there's truth to that. That's, yeah. that's autobiographical. But the second verse talks about my brother going off to join the, the military. Well, I don't have a brother. I thought like, you don't have a brother. <laughs> So there's truth in the song, but there's also the storytelling of it as well. Right. And so, you know, it's, I don't know where to find that. Hopefully people know that and understand yeah. that, but I feel a little like I'm trying to, I wasn't trying to trick anyone. I'm just telling a story. And right. that's what I'm talking about. The acting and the, you know, being on stage and all that stuff. So I don't, I know that's not coming out right, but hopefully people hear no, what I'm it talking absolutely about. I mean, we have to think about it. You and I have to think about it with social media and with every stage we're on and, and, this like, I can be having a really bad day or something going really sideways. And I still need to go on a stage and talk about the thing God's put in front of me. 
Right. And 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 it's not appropriate for me to process all my personal sadness when I'm right. supposed to be doing a sermon on joy. Yeah. Like and it's just not appropriate. People don't do that when they go to their work. If you're a right. teacher and you go to you just cl- teach class, you're not all that junk's not going to come out necessarily. Right. So it's not wrong. It's just that there's so much more depth to us as people and mm-hmm. what we do, and mm-hmm. sometimes that gets to come out, and sometimes it's it's in a different way. Yeah, and I, I think about it because the thing I don't want to be, and you have modeled this for me for a long time. The thing I don't want to be is fake. Like we, I've right. watched you, a lot of our friends do this for a long time. And I'm like, that's who they really are. And yet the whole world doesn't need to know that this thing went sideways today and I was crying. And now I can do an Insta story. (laughs) Like, that's just how we have to do our jobs. But at the same time, yes, you were right. But not to take away from being, you know, because there are times in your books where you share those struggles and you share those things and people get it. And there are times in my songs where I share, it's not like you're always only putting on the the good face. Right. We're able to share those things in a different way. I can do it in a song. Uh, you're going to hear some of that in and those struggles that I've had in this record. Yeah. But I'm not going to sit here and just, you know, go through all that stuff. And, right. you, and you can go into more in depth with with your books and yeah. the songs and records and all that stuff. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to tell you about one of our incredible partners, Olive and June. Y'all know this about me. I am a nails painted kind of girl. Having a fresh mani just feels like it completes an outfit, you know? I mean, that in lipstick, of course. The challenge is that I'm not exactly the best at doing my own nails. I try, but the, the end, they end up looking pretty amateur and not in the good way that I write about, and that sounds fun. They chip easily or they're not smooth, but the alternative is spending a lot of money and time I don't have getting regular salon manicures. But do not fear. Olive and June's Manny system is here to save the day. Do-it-yourself manis that look salon perfect and last over seven days. This is actually possible, my friends. Olive and June's Manny system comes with everything you need for an impeccable DIY Manny. And it's all in one box and only five steps. It comes with a poppy, their easy-to-grip brush handle that fits on any of their bottles. And since it's so easy to hold, it steadies your hands and makes it so easy to paint with both of them. That means both hands end up with smooth, perfectly manicured nails instead of one looking great and one looking less than great. The Manny system with six polishes breaks down to only $2 per Manny. I mean, y'all, I used to spend more than $35 just to get one gel manicure. And the Olive and June polish is amazing. I love their variety of color options, a shade for every mood. The polish, especially with their signature top coat, is so shiny. It looks just like gel, and it does not chip, you guys. It lasts a week. I know, that never happens. The gals in the office have been taking turns taking our kit home and are coming back with gorgeous, long-lasting, did-it-themselves nails. The Olive and June Mani system is the secret behind Salon Perfect Nails at Home. All-in-one, no guessing, no messy nails, no salon price tag. And as one of my friends, you can get 20% off your first Manny system at oliveandjune.com with my code, that sounds fun. Your new nail life is here. Get 20% off your first Manny system when you use the promo code, that sounds fun at oliveandjune.com. We are done with expensive bad manicures, okay? This is the new us, you guys. And now back to our conversation with Matt. My October tour got postponed because of a lot of COVID problems. Mm-hmm. You are getting to tour this fall. So let me live vicariously so through far. you. <laughs> right, yeah. right. As of today, as yeah. of today, I hate to tell you how quickly that that decision can change. It was yeah. about 28 minutes from ordering things for the bus on Amazon and the whole wow. thing being postponed. Yeah, It was awful. But you're going out with Stephen Kirsch Chapman this fall. Is that the plan? And then That's Christmas correct. with Caleb? Yeah, Caleb Christmas tour with Casting Crowns and Kane and Dante Bow and Jordan St. Cyr. Oh my gosh, a lot of great that's artists. so fun. Yeah. How mm-hmm. long are how many shows are you and Steve McCurse Chapman doing? I think it's uh close to 20 shows, something like that. Okay, now tell so me when not, you're not uh, lot, but... as seasoned as the two of you are in touring uh, and in... <laughs> that's a great way to put it. <laughs> when you're so seasoned seasoning in my beard, yeah. Do y'all share a bus? Do y'all have your own buses? Do y'all fly everywhere? How's it different when you've been doing it for 30 years? Well, it's always different, but with this tour, um, I'll we'll share a bus. Mm-hmm. Um, the last tour we did together, we had a bus, but I drove a lot of it. The tour before that that we did together was right at the kind of the first time anybody could even try to. We were doing right. drive-in theater tours, yeah. and 
And so we weren't, everybody was driving separate to stay away from each other, oh, wow. uh, which was so dumb because we'd get on stage and go wrap our arms around each other. And yet they wouldn't <laughs> right. allow us to drive to get any of us done, right, but right. that's where we were. Uh, and I, even to this day, you know, and I'm, I'm not afraid to tell you, I'm 48, I'll be 49 in, in December. And I've known these guys, you know, my, Michael and Steven for 20 plus years. Yeah. And I still, even to this day, uh, even though we're close brothers and we've shared a lot of miles and a lot of heart with each other on those buses and stuff, I still to this day go, there's Stephen Curtis Chapman. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like this little kid that was yeah. at a concert and and Steve said, hey, kid, come on up. Won't you sing this song with yeah. me? And I went up and I never left. Yeah, yeah. How do those shows work? Do y'all both Are y'all both on stage the whole time? Uh, not on this tour. On the last one, me, Michael, and Steven were all on stage the whole time together, yeah. playing on each other's songs oh, and singing each other's songs. This one's awesome. a little bit more. I am on stage with Steven some, but it's a little bit more like I come out and open up, and then he does his thing. Yeah. At this point in your life, with as much touring as you've done with Third Day and as a country artist, all these tours, Christian artists, mm -hmm. do you have favorite cities? Do you have places you're always like, man, every time we go to this city, I'm, it's like one of my favorites. Do you have places you love ending up at? <laughs> I really don't. I yeah. mean, I, I, I don't because there, there are certain venues like you, you, I love playing the Fox in Atlanta, yeah. you know, and we'll be do that, doing that on the Caleb Christmas tour. Uh, there's a, I don't know what it's called now, but in Dallas, uh, it's called Grand Prairie, which is outside of Dallas and you can't go wrong. Texas like very much like you've done this before. I'm sure. If people are from Fort Worth, you better not say Dallas. Oh, yeah. Because it is not oh, yeah. Dallas in Fort Worth. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've made that and mistake. And it's like wherever you have to say specifically where you are. It's funny. I saw Paul McCartney here, and he played at Gwinnett Arena, uh -huh. and, and, which is in Duluth. And he comes out, and he says, hello, Duluth. And everybody's like, Duluth? Why are you? It's Atlanta. Just say Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's right. Anyway, like, unless you're coming over to Cobb County, just call it Atlanta. <laughs> right, right. Any, oh, but I anyway, I, I'm a, that's a rabbit trail. What were we talking about? We were talking about touring, favorite cities. That's great. Because the other oh, thing yeah, is, I don't, do I you go out? Good. Do you leave the venue? I used to not. Yeah. I used to just like, I was so, you know, I grew up in a little town and it's like, before I moved here and I was scared to death of moving to Atlanta. It was like right before I was about to start officially driving and yeah. turned 16 and I was like, I'm not driving in Atlanta. Right. And so I was scared to death. And so I kind of always for years, like I remember with third day, uh, we'd go on the road and we'd go to San Francisco mm -hmm. and I'm go, Nope. Staying in a hotel. Everybody's out having yeah, a blast, seeing yeah. this great city, eating at great restaurants. And I'm walking down the street to McDonald's and getting back in my hotel room. I yeah. was just, but now a lot more. I'll get out a lot more. And oh, yeah. Like, you and I, Cash went and saw museums. Yeah. Yeah. I love going to art museums now. It's like one of my favorite things to do. Peter Furler from the Newsboys yeah. started started me on that. And I, that's, I love doing that. So yeah, because that's got to be like find... 90 minutes or something. That's not hard to do. That doesn't like take away your whole day. You just get in right. with a runner and they drop you off at a museum and pick you back up. Yeah, it's so much fun. I love it. There's so many great art museums across the U.S. And I think of all those years I, I traveled and I was going to the movies and that was it, you know, yeah. and going back to the venue. So yeah. I'm trying to do better about getting out. Yeah. I'm, I try local coffee shops are my thing, even though I just drink tea. I like seeing like where the locals <laughs> yeah. go. And yeah. that's always my, if I'm going to leave the, I'm a venue rat. I like staying at the venue too, because yeah. I have such a rhythm for my whole day. But yeah. by the mid-afternoon when the crew guys are done and everybody's got like a 90-minute, two-hour window that they can do something, I'm like, let's go to a coffee shop and just see it. Right. So, But yeah, Art Museum, yeah, that, that would make me smarter. So you're probably right. That's, I should adjust <laughs> that for, for our future touring. Um, no, all you, you're not really smart. You just walk around doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Just staring and tapping your yeah. face. <laughs> I guess I guess you get, you got some listeners who have no idea. I'm just like you're just like put your chin in your hand and yeah. you, you know stare um, off into the distance. Okay, speaking of cash, you've got all your three of your kids are college age. Yes, and the l younger two are middle school. Yes, they're seventh and sixth grade, oh, and my, my three gosh. oldest are going. So Scout, Cash, and Kimmy Love, the ones that you know, uh, all go to Liberty now. Yeah, that's kind of fun. They're all there together. Yeah, which you got, you spoke there not too long ago, yeah. and Scout was freaking out that you got to be there. It was so, yeah. really fun. I think I, I, she brought Cash around. I saw Cash and Scout, but it was before Cammy got there. It was yeah, when Cam, yeah. it was last spring. So in the spring, right? I mean, three college age kids. Can you believe that? Is that feels strange? 
It's very strange, and yet at the same time, it's like very cool. Yeah. We, the little ones were in fall break last week, and yeah. so we drove up to Virginia and got to, you know, they still had schools, uh, the big kids, but we sit, we had lunch with them and dinner and went and did a few things. So it was, I don't know, it was a really cool thing. How do you maintain the relationship between the big kids and the little kids when the big kids are off at college? Do y'all manage that, or is that on to Scout and Cash and Cammy Love to manage having a relationship with the younger ones? Yeah, they. it's a... It's the big kids are really good at calling them and kind of, and then little ones want to call them. And then we see each other. It's uh, like Amy had said the other day, I had seen them. I'd gone up and did a show. And so they came out and saw it. And then like, I get to see them every once in a while traveling. Yeah. Um, but Amy had told me the other day, and I was like, she was like getting out of the car to run to cash to give him a hug. I'm yeah. like, what? Why are you freaking out? She said, I hadn't seen him in two months. Oh, wow. And that really, I'd never thought about that because I'd probably yeah. see him at least every couple of weeks or a month. Yeah. And so, you know, it's uh, they do a good job of, of kind of calling and FaceTiming, stuff like that. And the younger two, I mean, do you feel like you're just cycling back through like, oh, here we go to high school again and here we go <laughs> It yeah. has to feel like we, oh. yeah, we started over, and it's like right now. Once, once Cami Love, my middle, went to college this fall. Yeah, we're like, man, if we had not adopted those two, we would be like, we could just go do whatever <laughs> we wanted to do. <laughs> but the little two are yeah. so wonderful. So they're well wonderful. Done. They are, and it's you know, of course, I wouldn't change a thing. But you sure. still think about it. You go, hmm. oh yeah. Of course, yeah. of course. That would be cool, but we wouldn't have, you know, life would not be the same without them. So I'm, I'm thankful. The other fun part about our story is one of my sisters homeschooled all your kids, right? Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. she has such great stories about the little ones and how much she adores them. I know. So yeah, she was, she was so good to to us, and and uh, I think we actually kind of wore her out. She have you probably, employed all of us? Did did the youngest do it? Did my youngest sister no, do anything? No. So no, two out of three. You got two out yeah, of three. She's the one that I'd know the least. Yeah. Huh. And so she's probably the most sane of, <laughs> of all of we do say she's the best of us. I mean, she well, is by far go. the best of us. So um okay Mac, is there anything we didn't say about the album that you want to make sure we say? Uh it comes out October 15th. Same day as this know. episode. Okay, there you go. It comes out today. Same day. It's happy, happy album release day. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> so they can get people can get it anywhere that book uh, books people can get it anywhere albums are right now. What's the best? Guess people ask me this all the time. They say, "What is the best way for us to support an artist?" To Spotify, Apple, like what yeah. is the best? Yeah, you know, I don't know if there is a best. I would say just whatever you whatever you do to go stream or buy music. You know, it's uh, you it's. For the short term, it's best to buy the record to go yeah. to whatever. But it also, if you just kind of listen to it a lot and stream it, go tell your friends. That's the best way. Just go tell yeah. your friends about it. Tell everybody to listen to it once. And if you list, tell everybody to listen to it one time that you know and that spreads, that's so much better yeah. than buying a record. Now, I'm not saying don't buy the record, <laughs> but it, that'd be great too. But, yes. but when you, know, you are listening a lot this weekend, take a screenshot of your phone as you're listening. Yes. Put it and on your Insta your story. Tell your friends. Absolutely. That's exactly yes. right. I say that a lot to people, Mac. I just said to a girl that works with us, she was like, can I buy a copy of your new kid's book? And I was like, no, you work here for starters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I said, right. the, the better thing you can do is let me sign this one for your kid and post it on Instagram. And yeah. because you're going to reach people I can't reach that right. are looking Absolutely. for this. And so our friends listening are going to reach people you and I can't reach about I, new creation. I very much appreciate all them. Thank you guys for what you're going to do. That's to get right. The word Listen, they are Mac a Powell, rabid, solo rabid group. They will be about it. Okay. The last question we always ask, Mac, because the show is called That Sounds Fun. Tell me what sounds fun to you. Doing a podcast. Well, well done. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to start your own any day? You know, I had one for a little while. It was an entertainment podcast with a, a local radio guy here in Atlanta, and I loved doing it. And I loved it because it wasn't had nothing to do with Christian music. I was gonna say or, I didn't know this at all. What did you talk about? What do you mean entertainment? Like we movies? talked about yeah, we talked <gasps> about movies and TV and all kinds of stuff, Mac? music. So I sports. I loved it, but it was so much more work than I wanted it to be. So yeah. uh, this sounds fun, or that sounds fun would be. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, there's a lot of stuff that I, I, I don't know. Give me some answers that other people have told you. Like, Oh me, man. I mean, it's every, every kind of thing sounds fun to people from going on a trip to someone said they wanted to go to Whitewater, the water park in Atlanta. <laughs> 
of people are like, that sounds fun to me going to Whitewater. I was like, I would meet you there in a heartbeat. I went there every every day of eighth grade summer. So, <laughs> And then you became an adult and real, I, I'm not going to yeah, say anything. It's gross. You. Yeah. Yeah. Say, it's, it's not, I, I mean, we wish, I, we wish everyone well. That. <laughs> it goes to it. Yes. But yeah, I mean, people no, say all sorts of stuff. I, I, I will say this. I am, and this is off off the subject. I'm writing a book with a friend right now. <gasps> I swore I would never write a book. I know. You said you're never going to write a book. Yeah. And and because it's like, even when people like yourself, when friends yes. uh, send me a note and say, hey, will you write two or three sentences about yeah. this book, a recommendation? It takes me 30 minutes to write three lines about somebody's book. And it's like, I will never write a book if it takes me 30 minutes to write three lines about sure. something. So, but I, I'm writing a book with a friend about uh, famous artists, yeah. uh, painters, and their spiritual lives and how being what? brought up in, in the church kind of affected them. Andy Warhol is one example. Uh, people would be surprised. Andy Warhol went to mass every Sunday. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then people like Van Gogh. Van Gogh wanted to be, he was a missionary. He yeah. went to seminary. He wanted to be a pastor. I think people would be surprised by that. So we yes. tell some of those stories in the book. <gasps> How long till that comes out? Do you have any idea? Uh, my hope is it'll be, I've been working on it for five years and it's a <laughs> coffee table, small book. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know it's my fault. I've got a busy day job. That's right. Uh, that's hopefully true. next year. And a lot of kids. Yeah, okay. I think. I, I just got a call from the guy that uh, that I'm writing with, and and we're almost finished with the very last chapter. So close. Okay, great. Well, yeah. will y'all come back on when when it comes out? Absolutely, please. I'll be so fun. Um, thank you for making time to do this. I love you and your family, and I, it feels like a real honor to get to do this today. So thank you, Annie Downs. I once again, I'm so proud of you. I am just very, very. Um, pleased with how things are working out in your life and you following your dreams. I'm so inspired by you and thank you for what you do and what you'll continue to do. And I find it just such an honor to be called your friend. Isn't that fun? We are really lucky. The Lord, the Lord ties up everything. He, he, he loops up everything. It is so fun. I'm so grateful. Oh, you guys, don't you just love him? Me too, me too. I am, oh gosh, I'm so thankful for him and his voice in my life and his voice in our ears as we now get to hear his new album that is out today, New Creation. Make sure you're following Mac on Instagram. Tell him thanks for being on the show, how much his work has mattered to you and make sure you grab that album. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today. Friends, go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I will do the same. And today, what sounds fun to me, oh man, after Mac and I talk, talking so much about football, I think I watching Georgia play football sounds really fun to me. We get to do that this weekend. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you back here on Monday with you guys, a really special episode celebrating the release of my new kids book, What Sounds Fun to You. Y'all are going to love this episode. It might just contain... A lot of mini BFFs. Ugh, it's the most fun. Y'all are going to love it. We'll see you guys then. Have a great weekend.